I don't know about you, but I think Sammy's nonverbal expression kind of said it all, didn't it? <laughs> what I was hearing is Jesus is worthy. Jesus is mighty. Jesus is powerful. Praise God. Praise God. Don't worry. I'm just as hungry as you are. Let's look. I want, I want to take you here to, uh, let's go to the word of the Lord today. We're going to go over to Judges. We're going to go Judges, the 7th chapter. Judges, the 7th chapter. I tell you, I couldn't be more proud of this church. I know there's many others that there's, there's testimonies. I could skip a rock off of dozens of testimonies in this room today. And I just want to thank those of you that participated, those that, for many of you, it was, it was something that just needed to be said. <laughs> Confess your faults one to another that you might be healed. There's, there is something powerful about the declaration of what God has done in us and now what he's doing through us. And when you begin to testify of the grace of God, what you're doing is you're, you're allowing someone to receive that can identify with your situation. To say, look, if... If God can do it for them, then God can do it for me. I don't know that there was anything left out today. From physical healing to emotional healing to deliverance, and, and, and God is just a good God. Amen? I, I don't think I could top that. I think we could have gave them all a mic and they dropped it and it's done. But I, I'm going I'm to attempt today through the, through the help of the Lord. I'm going to look at Judges, the seventh chapter. Judges, the seventh chapter, maybe just give a, a, an illustration as to what happens when we testify. It, it may not seem obvious, but hopefully when we get to the end of this, you'll, you'll kind of see what God is using in the text to, to kind of bring it to light. Father, we just thank you, thank you, thank you for all that you've done and all that you continue to do. Thank you for the hope, God, that you have opened up in this place today. And God, I just ask, Lord, for the next few moments that you would just speak such profound ways into our heart and to our life. In Jesus' name. So we have Gideon here. God called Gideon. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But when he called him out, it was for a purpose. God always has a purpose in his callings. He didn't just save you so that you can escape damnation. He saved you to live in a, a relationship with him, to know him and to make him known. And so here we have Gideon. God calls him. He's going out to face an army bigger than him. The Bible says that they are without number. In fact, you look a couple of chapters over and you'll see that there was about 120,000 of them. But there were two different nations that rose up against Israel. And so here he is, and God whittles him down from 22,000 to 300. And he's got his band of 300, and now they're going to go out and they're going to go against this, this host. It's somewhere in the neighborhood of 400 to 1, <laughs> if you do the math on it. But I want you to look here as he, 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 takes, he gets instructions from God, and he takes the, 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 the band of 300, divides them into three, 
and they're surrounding the enemy's camp. They're surrounding the enemy's camp. And now let's just take it up in uh, verse, verse 16. Then he divided the three companies of men into three companies and the 300 men into three companies. And he put a trumpet, notice this, into every man's hand with a empty pitchers and torches inside the pitchers. And he said to them, look at me and do likewise. Watch, and when I come to the edge of the camp, they're coming to the edge of the enemy's camp, you shall do as I do. When I blow the trumpet and all who are with me, then you shall blow the trumpets on every side of the whole camp and say, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch, just as they had posted the watch. And they blew the trumpets, broke the pitchers that were in their hands. And when the three companies blew the trumpet, broke, broke the pitchers, they held the torches in their left hand and the trumpets in their right hand, and they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And every man stood in his place all around the camp. And the whole army ran and cried out and fled. And when the 300 blew the trumpets, the Lord set every man's sword against his companion throughout the whole camp. And the army fled. Let's stop right there. So you're faced with forces that are greater they were faced with forces that were greater than themselves. They were no match. I don't know about you, but if you're going to go out to war, it seems like you ought to get a pretty good size arsenal, right? Get a, get a whole troop. Get, a, get as many soldiers as you can get, but God didn't do it that way. Now they're going, and the, the camp is setting out there, and you just there's so many of them, they just cannot be numbered. Two separate nations that have come against the nation of Israel. And God has called old Gideon out and said, Gideon, I want you to go out there. And this is the battle plan. We're going to defeat the enemy with torches and trumpets. That's the strategy. Torches and trumpets. You're going to face a multitude that are more than you, that are stronger than you, that are mightier than you, that have subdued the, the nation of Israel for, for many years, uh, and seven in fact, uh, but you are going to go out there and you will defeat them with a trumpet, and with a torch and a trumpet. That's, how, that's the game plan. Hey, we're going we're gonna to show the light in the darkness, and we're going to sound the alarm, and then God is going to bring a deliverance. Amen. Now, you look at that and you think, well, what's the power in that? How is that even remotely powerful? It's because God was already working behind the scenes. In fact, Gideon, in his trepidation, he was 
little bit nervous about going in all along the way. Lord, did you call me? Can we throw a fleece out there? Lord, let the fleece be wet. And Lord God, okay, just don't be angry with me. But tomorrow, can you can you make the, maybe the ground wet and the fleece dry? And uh, Lord, uh, oh, tear down my, my father's idols. Well, first off, can we do this at night when nobody's watching? Oh, okay, Lord, all right. Uh, we, we sound the trumpet and 22,000 people show up to go to battle. And, and the Lord said, oh, no, tell them if they're afraid, they can go home. I'm not going to ask anybody in here today if you're afraid. <laughs> because if the, the ones that were afraid were about, about 12,000, they left. And there's only 10,000 left. It's like, oh, good night. Lord, what are we doing here? Well, there's too many. There's too many, Gideon. And you're going to think you won the battle. You're going to think it was your strength that got you out of that cage. <laughs> You're going to think that, hey, I, I broke this meth habit by myself. <laughs> You're going to think that, hey, I brought myself out of this depression. <laughs> it, it, was, it was my new identity that, that gave me where, where I'm And sticks your head in the water, you tell them to go home. But the ones that, that, that reach and scoop the water and drink it out of their hand, uh, he said, I want you to watch. I want you to number them, separate them. So he did so. Now there's only 300. Now we can go to battle. <laughs> what? Now we can go to battle? <laughs> now we can go to battle? Okay, Gideon, if you're still afraid, just hold on just a second. Take your servant, go down there, sneak down to the camp so they're not even going to notice you, and listen to what's going on in the camp. So listen. Oh, man, I had a dream. And in that dream, there was a barley loaf of bread. It come rolling down the hill, and it destroyed the tent. I don't know about you, but if I was writing a horror movie, I would not use a barley loaf. <laughs> Mrs. Baird releases their terror bread. <laughs> All of the unfortunate terror movies that I've ever watched, the thrillers, it never was a piece of bread. <laughs> Tomatoes, maybe, but not bread. Maybe rye bread, because it's got that wicked aftertaste. I don't know. But it was barley loaf. It came down. What did it do? It destroyed, it knocked over the tent. And God used that dream to strike fear in the heart of the enemy. Maybe it means that the enemy is afraid of the bread. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> God, that's good. <laughs> so, I was looking there. And I was a little perplexed about you've got the, the torch in the, in the pitcher, the clay pot. And it was already, according to Scripture, I believe we can say it's already lit. So I'm like, and they put it in there. I mean, it's like, okay, we extinguish it when we stick it, when we suffocate it. I was like, Lord, how, how is this working? <laughs> so they, there was a fuel. There was pitch possibly turpentine, something of that nature. It was the, the torch was dipped into that, set on fire, and put in that vessel. So it's, it's burning all the time. 
It's burning all the time. And remember, we're defeating an innumerable host, host that is, can't even count, and we're going to do it with the torch and with the trumpet. So you get out there. Guys, you follow me. We're going to stand our watch, 300 over here, 300 over there. I'm sorry, 100 over here, 100 over there, and 100 on this side. We got our torches. We've dipped them in pitch, turpentine. I don't know. It's lit, and it's put in the jar. Here's one for you. Here's one for you. Here's one for you. And we start lining up. Now, at the appropriate time, when I sound the alarm, I want you to break open that, that clay vessel, and you're going to wave that torch, and at the same time, you're going to blow that trumpet. Jesus said, no, you're not, that you are the light of the world. <laughs> and you don't need to be hiding that light under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. <laughs> Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to. Okay, that's enough of that. So, begin to shine. A trumpet is going to sound. You've got it in your, in your hand. And you're going to declare it's not just the Lord's sword, it's Gideon's sword. It's a two-edged sword. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. The blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Now, a couple of people found this this week, and I'm just going to throw this out there to you. Send it over to me. It's a Dutch sheet. Some of you may listen to him. He was approached by a, a Jewish gentleman years ago, and in, the Jewish gentleman came to him. He said, you know what the word that we use for, for testimony in Hebrew? It means literally to do again. See, we in the Western world, we always look at, uh, we, we look at, Many times the, uh, uh, the words, uh, we look in linear fashion. But, but for Hebrew, they look at cycles. That it starts here and it goes up and it starts here. It just, it just continuation. Not just a linear, but a, but, a, but, a, but a continuation. And so the root word, of the, tes- the testimony, the root word is ud. U-W-D for those that are taking notes means to return, to go about, to repeat, to do again. So he went on to say, it's like this. It's like time is pregnant with God's word and power. And so whatever God has done before, God can do again. And that's what we call a testimony. So if God has ever delivered one, he can deliver many. If he's ever set free once, he can set free over and over and over and over and over again. So when people hear your testimony, what is happening? 
It's like, oh, wait a minute. All of a sudden, there's a realization through the identification we have with one another. But look, if God did it for them, God can do it for me. And what happens? The, the sword of the Lord goes forth. And on the other side of that, because your story is no longer your story, it is his story. And now that other person can know that they can be set free. Woo! But I want you to, there's a couple of things that I want to share with you. I want you to notice when they stood out there that the Bible said they stood. They stood. They didn't, I don't know, I might just go, whoop, see ya. You know what I'm saying? Just blow the horn, wave the flag, run for the hills. But the Bible said they stood. They stood the ground. They stood in the midst facing the enemy. They stood not in their strength, but in God's strength. They stood knowing that God is a God of his word. And the barley loaf began to roll down the hill. And now all of a sudden there was confusion in the darkness. If you don't know what to say and you don't have anything to say and you're racked with fear, I want you to know if the level of your understanding is just right here, just begin to speak the name of Jesus. Just begin to declare the name of Jesus because you may not fully understand the full authority behind the name of Jesus, but hell knows that there is no other name, that every knee must bow, every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. See, they stood. They stood with their light so shining. They stood as trumpets represent the voice of God. If you want to see in the Word of God the power of that trumpet, then you just look over in Joshua when they marched around the walls of Jericho on the seventh time on the seventh day. And then they blew the trumpet, the loud trumpet, the coronation declaration that the king was coming because that long, long blast is a declaration that the king is coming. He's marching to the city and in the moment they did that the stronghold of Jericho could not hold on it had to give way to the voice of God all of the particles in the universe have to give way to the voice of God and when you begin to realize wait a minute it's not just God's word it's God's word in me and as I speak the word of God as a child of God now things begin to transpire. But the other thing I want to show you, and that is this, because they stood. See, you may be declaring the Word of God and shining the light over your children, over your family. Don't lose heart. Keep standing. Keep declaring. Keep standing. Keep declaring. You're here because someone stayed their watch. They stood over the forces that were stronger than them. They stood not in their own power, but the power of God. They stood out there and said, no, I will not move from this spot. It is too crucial, a moment in the hour. I must stand here. And if they come up this hill and take my head off, so be it. But I'm going to keep waving the name of Jesus, the light of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to keep declaring the word of God. And when I've done and all to stand, I'm going to stand in the armor of God. But I want you to see something. And 
Notice that they didn't pull the torches out of the vessels. They broke them. They broke the vessels. And when they broke the vessels, the light shined forth. I found that God shines through the brokenness. When, see, the thing that we want to hide, keep covered up, you know, don't say that out loud. They're going to think, they're going to think something bad <laughs> about you. They're, they're, they're not going to understand where you were at in that time of your life. And I, I, I know that, that shameful thing that you're dealing with, and this is not the Lord's voice speaking to you. This may be your voice. It may be the devil's voice, but it's not God's voice because the word of the Lord says to, to profess your faults one to another that you might be healed. But it's not just your healing that's going to take place. It's going to be somebody else's healing that takes place. Because when they hear that, look, we just didn't grow, walk out with no problems and never had any issues. That no, we live in the same world you live in. But we can take identity not in ourselves but in Jesus Christ. And when we begin to understand, we step up and say, oh, I'm coming out of hiding. And let me tell you, when you come out of hiding, you will realize the power and the peace that comes alongside of that. Amen? You're not, you're not, the very thing that you have that the enemy wanted to destroy you with is the very thing God's going to use. You find your purpose so many times in your pain. I'm not telling you you have to go through all the struggles I went through or somebody else went through or in order to be a witness, I think the greatest witness of all is just living your life for Jesus Christ from the the womb forward. I prayed that prayer for my children. To me, that was, a, that was all that I wanted in the start, you know. But now I, I just, for years, I've been praying, God, let my children dwarf anything and everything I would ever think I could do for the kingdom of God. Let them grow beyond measure. Let them, Lord God, just go out and march, climb those mountains, defeat those giants, and do everything because they have the foundation of Christ. I can grow in that. I want my children's ministry to go far beyond. And I want my grandchildren's ministry to go far beyond them. Because God calls forth nations and generations. Amen? So as we, we see this brokenness, we try to hide. We try to hold on to. Try to cover up. Try to let people imagine I've got it all together. And I'm telling you that you can't get it all together. But somebody needs to hear your story as how you got it together. That how, why now do you are so liberated that you're at peace with who God is and who you are in God? You just keep living your life for Him. 
See, it's that light shines in your brokenness. It helps other people to know they're not alone. And that God is a God of repetition. God is a God of testimony. And the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The declaration of God's word prophecy, the declaration of God's word, the communication of the hidden things, of, uh, the, 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 the mysteries, the, 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 the knowing, the revelation of God, the prophecy is the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus Christ. What he did on Calvary was for all generations and all nations. What he did was the testimony was the testimony was the completed work of Christ, and that is the communication to the world. And as he is, so are we in this world. See, the first order of business for, for, for Gideon, once God called him out, see, you didn't find God, God found you. God's not been lost. <laughs> He knows where he, in fact, he's, he's got it so card cataloged and so much in his knowing that he has the very hairs of your head numbered and the like thereof. So, <laughs> what we have is we have an all-knowing God, knowing exactly where we're at. He goes and calls Gideon in this place where he is just threshing out wheat in fear, just trying to hash out a living and hold on to a little. And God said, oh, Gideon, I've got so much more in store for you than just uh, hiding in the wine press, producing your own wind, trying to, get your, trying to get enough bread together so you can feed your family. There's more to life than just punching a clock. I've called you to be a deliverer to the nations. Uh, now I want you to get up, uh, and I want you to make your way. Oh, God, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, after a couple of fleeces, he finds out that, yeah, we're going to do this thing. And now he goes uh, not to someone else's house. Uh, maybe God called him because uh, his daddy's the one that had the Baal uh, altar and the Asherah, the idols were in Gideon's house, uh, not somebody else's house. Uh, look, the false identity in this village comes from your house, uh, so I'm going to raise up some true identity. But the first thing we got to do is we got to destroy the old images uh, that you have of yourself uh, so that you can step up and be who I called you to be. See, so part of the work begins with understanding who he is and coming to an understanding of who we are. See, in my house, I was told a lot of things that I, God never said about me. I was told worthless, no good, never amount to anything. It wasn't just a daily. It was a demonic, yes. constant, berating condemnation reinforced by physical reinforced by sexual abuse on and on and on and on for 10 years of my childhood. Bam, bam, bam. Shame and public humiliation and anything that would just, the devil came up with, my stepfather would do. So here I am, living, hearing, breathing, sitting in a house with this constant, constant, reinforcement of who God never said I was. Just as Gideon came out of that darkness, God brought me out of the darkness. He said, now, son, you're going to do a work for me, not in your strength, but in my strength. 
But the first thing we got to do is tear down. We're going to lay the sacrifice on that, those idols of that old image. <laughs> and we're going to burn it to the ground. And you're not going to be able to pick it back up and put it back together because it's going to be transformed. It's going to be ashes now. You can't, you can't scoop it back together. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put old Humpty Dumpty back together again. It's because God destroyed the old man to raise up the new man. Now, now, let's whittle you down and let's go not in your strength. Let's go in my strength. So that you know when you're delivered, you didn't deliver yourself. When you defeat the enemy, it's not because of something you did or the works that you had in place. But it's because of the completed work of Christ. So now would you allow me, the Lord is speaking to someone, now would you allow me to let my glory shine through your brokenness. So that when you declare my word... It brings such confusion to the enemy, he turns on himself. And the very things that he thought he was going to kill you with, he begins up just killing himself. <laughs> Nothing funnier than watch a little old cat chase a big old burly dog. <laughs> it was even more than that. It was like a little chick. Gideon, he's chasing the enemy. They're running. Rambling the mirs and the rambling the bushes and <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They were gone. Help like sauerkraut, gone like a chicken bone. I don't know. They were just gone. He's running, never even looking behind, see who's chasing them, because they were more afraid of the glory than your brokenness. They're more afraid of the voice of God. They shake and they tremble. Worship team, make your way up. You didn't think I could do it, but I did it. The Lord laid on our hearts several weeks ago in prayer to begin this freedom series had our good friends here a couple of weeks ago. She was an exotic dancer. He was a um, career drug, act, drug dealer. God delivered both of them, set them free, and they've been working for the last 20 years and set other people free. We got a gentleman coming in August. I want to encourage you to be here. His name's William Wood. And he is a, he is a preacher's preacher. I mean, he will... He will unfold the word of God. I wish I could put a pause button on him and say, William, just stop. Let me, I could get a whole series out of that one statement. But he has an absolute incredible testimony. I want you to hear. We don't want you to bring somebody with you. But with all of my heart, my belief in starting this series is because God the Father God the Father wants his children free. He wants you free. He wants you to be set free from the hurt, the shame, the pain, the regret, 
Guys, whatever you've got on your heart, just start playing. Speak the name of Jesus. That's a good one to go back to. If you're in this house today, and you identified with any one of these persons, maybe you feel like your situation's unique. I believe there's enough variety in the delivering power of God to let you know that God can take care of all of it. He can handle it. He's not afraid of you. He's not even afraid when you shake your fist in, the, in his face and rail on him because you don't understand and you're mad at him. He's not scared of your anger. We might need to be scared of his, but we're, he's not scared of ours. Why do I say that? It's because trying just to tear down the walls that are keeping you from the freedom God has for you. As you stand to your feet today, and you're in this house right now, and you say, I comes from a surrender to, to a relationship with God. Moses raised his hand in surrender and God opened the Red Sea. He got to the other side of the Red Sea and the Lord said it's time to close it up. How do you keep that door closed? He raised his hands in surrender and the Lord closed the sea right on top of the enemy and destroyed him. See, the Lord is inviting you to freedom because he's inviting you to relationship with him. That's what we are offering today. It is the greatest treasure on earth. In fact, it is a treasure that God puts in us, and that is a relationship with God. Now, the beautiful thing is this. You have access to heaven when you enter into relationship. And now heaven has access to the earth because you enter into a relationship with God. If you want to be free, step out right now. Come to this altar. Come on. Come on. You want to be free. You want to be free. Come on. Come on. Step out. Come to this altar. See, it may be fear. It may be regret. It may be shame. It may be anxiety. It doesn't matter what it is. I want to be free. I want to be free. I want to be free. I want to be free today. Step out. Step out. In the balcony, we're going to wait on you. We're going to wait on you. The prayer team is going to come down in just a moment. And when they come down, we understand that you step in here. And you're bringing what is vulnerable. And you step up here. We, we want you to know we, we're going to do our very best. Handle you with grace and mercy. And we're just here to help. Not here to make choices for you. Not here to force anything on you. We just want to believe with you for the freedom that God has in store. If you're here today in this message right now, God is reaching into your heart and he's saying, you got, there's freedom in this house. There's freedom in this place. Come get it. Come now. Come now. Come now. As they begin to worship, I just want you to step out. Father, we thank you. We glorify your name. Worthy is the Lord. Those of you in the altar, please don't leave. We have an opportunity to pray with you. Please don't leave. We have an opportunity. Prayer team, make your way down. Father, in the name of Jesus, we magnify you. Jesus.